Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, GearHeads. Welcome to Speed City. Man, we are excited tonight because we have a fantastic show. We got a driver in studio. We yeah, got I'm right here. 24, not that driver. That was Les Kaiser. This John Massengill. But uh, we're going to introduce our, our guest in just a second here. But we're excited because it was a 24-hour Le Mans this weekend. We had MotoGP this weekend. And we've got some great interviews. We've got an interview with the president of uh, Indy Motor Speedway with a very interesting announcement oh, that you heard it here first mm. on Speed City. And we also have, we have a great interview with, uh, with Joe Roberts from, uh, from Moto2 and the Un-American racing in the series. So we're excited about that. And we're, we're going to jump right in now. I'm going to introduce our guest because uh, coming up to Circuit of the Americas is Rallycross. And, you know, we've had lots of different events at, at Circuit of the Americas. We've had a little bit of Rallycross style with, uh, with the X Games here before. But we've got a whole new gig coming because the the landscape is changing in Rallycross with World Rallycross and the former Red Bull Global Rallycross Series and the American Rallycross now. But our guest is James Rimmer. James, welcome to Speed City. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you being in the studio. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Well, James has raced in Rallycross for a while and actually starting as a kid. But I want you to give us your background first so everybody has a good uh, good foundation for to knowing your background. Yeah, well, my dad gave me the itch when I was uh, probably about 12. He threw me in a car and said, uh, this is a manual car. This is a rally car. It's, let's figure it out. Um, so from I was hooked from then on, really, honestly. I, I couldn't get out of a car, I, whether it was a go-kart, whether it was a rally car, whether it was a rallycross car. Um, and I played video games. I played all the video games, all the dirt games, all the Formula One games. I watched all the races I could find on TV. And uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to actually drive a lot of these cars now. So uh, really fortunate, really lucky, and uh, really excited to be where I am today. Well, we met James when Jonathan Green, who's not here today because he's up in Indianapolis. He was doing the Trans Am series for CBS Sports. But, uh, but James and Jonathan met when Jonathan was calling the Global Rallycross series the last couple of years. And... The most exciting for us here in Austin, of course, is that we've got it coming to Austin and in a couple of different ways. I mean, we've got the big World Rallycross coming in September, and then uh, next month, we've got the American Rallycross Series. Tell us a little bit about that, and then we'll talk some more about it. Yeah, so World Rallycross is going to come at the end of September, September 29th and 30th. 
that's going to be really exciting. That's all the top drivers. You see Petter Solberg, all these very, very top level drivers from over in Europe. They're going to come over for the first time. They're going to do a U.S. race. Um, tagging along with that is America's Rallycross, which is a newly formed Rallycross series after Red Bull GRC uh, closed its doors. ARX came up, America's Rallycross, and, and IMG promoted it. And they said, hey, we want to put this out there. We want Rallycross in the U.S. to succeed. So they had their first race down in uh, Silverstone, tagging along to World RX. And that was historic event. You know, you have uh, Super Factory team, you have Scott Speed, you have Tanner Faust, and then for actually July 14th, which I'll be racing in as well, you're going to have names like Ken Block. You're going to have Steve Arpin. You're going to have Scott Speed, Tanner Faust, all these really, really big names that we really hope will draw a really enthusiastic crowd to Coda. Yeah, and so this is going to be kind of a mini-series because all this just happened. I mean, Global uh, Red Bull GRC was, at the beginning of the year, we thought, thought was still going to happen. And so, you guys all did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The insiders like you maybe knew, but we still thought it was going to happen. And so now this is basically a little mini-series for 2018, hoping to be a, a more thorough series in 2019, right? And, of course... You had the one rate, and, and uh, Silverstone was around one. Correct. And so um, this will be the this this event here in, in in Austin next month will be the second event, right? And this will actually be the first rallycross event that IMG has promoted and run in the U.S. Even though the World RX one is coming in September, that's supposed to be the first one. But ARX is going to be is going to test the waters. Uh, we were out at Cars and Coffee this morning. Um, Oh, met, yeah. a, met a lot of people, saw a lot of cool cars, and, and I think we got a lot of people interested in A lot of people are like, whoa, there's a rallycross track here? And they they don't know about it. Yeah, and you know, and, and you're right, James. One of the things is uh, actually more on an introductory level. I was talking to some folks, and they were like, what is rallycross to begin with? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a very fair question. We don't get to see a lot of it on, uh, on free-to-air TV, and yeah. you got to kind of know about it or something. So, so if you're not familiar with it, folks, this is uh, imagine motocross in cars on a mix of asphalt <laughs> That's a really and dirt. Good way to put it. <laughs> and I really do mean motocross with the jumps. Uh, as said, James was here a couple of months ago, took me for a ride. We had a blast. I mean, some of these cars are zero to sixty in like you know practically nothing, and one, I do 1. mean one point eight seconds. Yeah, yeah. Somebody no was kidding. telling me they said uh, the zero. I mean, uh, Formula One cars go zero to sixty under two seconds. I said, yeah. Well, a, a quite a bit less expensive car yeah. can do that. You can see it next month at Coda. So, uh, yeah. So, James took me for a ride. It was amazing. It's a lot of fun. It's uh, all that throwing around that you see, and plus they get airborne. You know, I, I, I had a great time. First time I've ever been that far off the ground in a car intentionally. And, uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I just picked up James from the hotel and uh, I brought him into the studio and he screamed like a little girl when I tried to return the favor of some airborne flight. <laughs> Somehow we're here. Somehow. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for posting my bail. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Well, this is going to be an awesome event at Coda because it's not something we've seen a lot of here in Austin, obviously. And, the cars themselves, uh, anything that can rocket from 0 to 60 in 1.8 seconds is incredible. But let's talk about the cars the, and, and how these, you know, they look like production cars. And they're based on, some of them are based on production cars. Let's talk about the cars. Yeah, so you're going to see everything out there from a Volkswagen Beetle, which you would not usually associate with being basically a rocket ship on four <laughs> wheels. But you see Volkswagen Beetles, you're going to see Subaru STIs, you're going to see... Uh, Ford Focuses, um, which aren't actually Ford Focuses, but these these all have the looks and aesthetics. Uh, they seem like a NASCAR, right? Um, you silhouette. Know, yeah. a silhouette, right? And NASCAR has gone a little bit away from that in the, in the, in the past, but um, 
these really do look like cars you can buy on the road. Underneath the hood, not so much, but it gives the spectator and the viewer a little bit more of a connection to it and being able to see what their car could actually maybe be. Awesome. You know what? Let's let's uh, let's give away some tickets too. Yeah, I I'll let, take them. Uh, no, you got, you're <laughs> going to be working. Got enough. You're oh, going to be in the work booth. that day. Sorry, guys. All right. Well, I'm going to give out the number, and you can call to win some tickets to the American Rallycross in July. What's the dates in July? Uh, July 14th. It's a one day event. July 14th. Um, there's going to be cars and coffee as well that day. We're going to have uh, most of the drivers out there. They're going to be doing autograph sessions. What's really cool about Rallycross is it's not like Formula One. It's not like MotoGP. The pits are open. Paddocks open. You can walk right up to the cars. You can walk up to the team's trailers. You can say hello to everyone. There's no pit passes. It's free for all, and it's really— and who, who are the big names that other people know? So you're going to have people like Ken Block. Uh, Ken's fun. Ken's fun. Uh, you're going to have people like Scott Speed, Formula Formula One driver. Yeah. Um, you're going to have people like Tanner Faust. Top you can Gear go host. trash talk Tanner because yeah. he's always good at returning it. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have a lot of these big names, and, and you're going to be able to get right up next to them. You're going to be able to talk to them, and they want to talk to you because they want to share the sport of rally cross with you. All right, and we're going to make it easy. All you got to do is call and say you you, you got to come on the air and say why you want to go. The number is 512-643-LIVE, 512 512- Six four three five four eight three, and to win some tickets to next month's uh, American Rallycross. But so let's so we talked about the cars, and let's talk about the track because at Coda we're used to seeing three and a half miles of incredibly smooth, awesome asphalt. But there's going to be a little dirt involved this time. Yeah, it's a little bit different, and I think some people are uh, some of the people who are a little more into the classic road racing stuff are a little bit scared. Um, <laughs> and I've definitely heard that from a couple of people, but it's it's worked out really well. It's between, between turns 12 and 14 on the Formula One track. So that, that's the stadium area, folks. Yeah. So it's got grandstands lining it. It's going to be great for the audience members. Uh, it's about 40% dirt, 60% tarmac. Uh, it goes through the infield, and then there's a jump, like you said earlier. So there's going to be lots of viewing points. You can see the entire course from your one seat, unlike sitting and watching just two corners. And it's action-packed. I mean, it, it, within two minutes, you're going to see 10 cars going door-to-door on a half-mile track. Yeah, awesome. So, you know what? I, I want to talk about this. The the actual event itself, obviously, July 14th. And this is, Coda's calling it the inaugural event for this new, uh, for this new circuit that we just talked about, this new track with 40% dirt, 60% asphalt, and jump. But uh, tell us a little bit how this would be different from what if somebody were at the X Games and saw that. So, you know, it would actually be a little bit similar to the X Games. It's, it's, it's all about that short, very action-packed five minutes. Um, and people love that with the X Games. They love watching the skateboarding, the Moto X. All that stuff is so compact, and you can watch all of it without having to only watch a corner or two. So Rallycross is very similar in that way. And if you came out to Austin in 2014, 2013, yeah. I, I don't yeah. remember exactly what year it was, but they did have Rallycross as well, and it was popular. Um, you know, you had a lot of people who came out and learned about it, but then the problem was we took three years off and, and people didn't know where to go to watch it. So we're trying to renew yeah. that interest again. Oh, I think it'll happen. You know, especially, I mean, personally, I, you know, I wish everybody could get in the passenger seat like I got to with yeah. you, but it's really exciting. It's, it's rugby on dirt and four <laughs> wheels. I mean, it, it, there's some banging that goes on during these races. It's a lot of fun. Uh, but these guys get out and they're generally in a good mood after it anyway, but it, it is so much fun. And it does remind you, you know, you know John, it's kind of like your bass trop training in the truck out on the, the dirt roads. Actually, you know what? It, most of my training was not in a truck. It was an Oldsmobile Cutlass that I treated like a rally car. I don't think Oldsmobiles in America rally right now. 
<laughs> I don't no think factory so. team. <laughs> no, but that that was my training. Sideways driving the whole time. Hey, I th- looks like we got a caller to try to win some of these tickets. Looks like we got Steve. Hey, Steve, welcome to Speed City. Hey guys, thanks. So you are interested in going to the uh, the, the officially it's the Dirtfish World American Rally Cross event at Circuit of the Americas. So what, what what's exciting about that to you? Well, yeah, you guys were talking before about uh, Ken Block being there, Scott Speed, and some of the big names. So uh, I think it would be cool to see them bang doors and, uh, you know, see what happens, see if there's some, some good racing. Well, awesome. Uh, well, so, James, bang doors? Yeah. Do we see any doors? Oh, it's all about contact. We don't, we don't <laughs> avoid the contact. We seek it out. <laughs> and that's what makes it fun. It makes it fun to drive and it makes it fun to watch. So, yes, like you said, Les, motocross. <laughs> rugby and motocross yeah, all together. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks for calling in. We'll have those tickets for you. Hold on, and the producer will get your stuff. All cool. right. Thanks, guys. All right. That's so good. Wait, we didn't ask him. Dang it. What does he drive? Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we got to remember that rule. We always ask, uh, James, as you've probably heard, we ask our call in, what do they drive? We ask our, our guest, what yeah. is your daily car? My daily car? Um my daily car is a... Uh, He's cat- smirking people. Because <laughs> um, you may laugh at me because I have a mom car. Um, I, have a, uh, I have a soccer mom car. I have a, I have a Cadillac CTSV wagon, um, a six-speed manual with, uh, with the LSA engine in it. Uh, do you uh, want to sell this? Because John, <laughs> truly, I have been looking for that car for John. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, that, that's, the six-speed is so yeah, rare, folks. Yeah. They made about 500 of them. That's sort of the numbers I've been getting from the forums. It took me about a year to find it. I found it down in California. They're only um, worth like 10, 12K. Is that it now? <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 12,000 over the price of a <laughs> yeah, normal CTSV. Yeah. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually about right. The, yeah. That's about the premium over a regular CTSV yeah. of that vintage. Yeah. So I, I Dude, have, that's not a mom car. That's an uh, awesome yeah. car. Yeah. That's, a, that's an awesome mom car. Yeah. So I have that and I have a 996 Turbo as well. So those, that's my weekend car. And uh, I, those are my, my two little silver cars. And, and those, are, those, are, uh, those are awesome cars. Okay. That certainly beats uh, Alexander Rossi's Silverado. I, I think in, in my mind, that's the... <laughs> The best uh, driver car, daily driver of any guest we've ever had, including Formula <laughs> One drivers, world endurance drivers. Uh, Graham Rahal and the brand new NSX Ooh. number 13 off the production line. But that, but I gotta wait a say minute, that's that, his daily driver? Like yeah, he's, he said he's building it up to be his daily driver, but he already custom fabbed exhaust for uh, it. Sure. Yeah, you can imagine Graham. Well, a little more, a little smaller pulley and a couple of things, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. the, and the yeah. wagon might take him in a straight line. We'll see. Yeah, I've done, uh, I've done headers and exhaust and a, and a dyno tune, but that's about it so far. I, I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of, of pulleys. I'm yeah. scared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I heard somebody say that the, to rebuild his, he's going to get a pulley after this statement. Yeah, to, I don't to, say re, this. to rebuild the blower on a CTSV, it's like less than a thousand dollars. So yeah, turn up the boost. Yeah, <laughs> now the pistons and cranks and all those things are a little more. But yeah, all right. Well, let's talk a little bit more about the Dirtfish America's Rallycross because uh, we're giving away tickets today five one two six four three live. But you can also get free tickets if you buy tickets to the event in September, the uh, the World Rallycross. So if you buy those tickets, you get a twofer and you get to go to both events. And uh, like we were saying, it's going to be an amazing event at, at Coda. One of those. One of those events, in fact, somebody was telling me that they had not been to Coda, and I said, this is a perfect event because it's going to be way less insane than a Formula One event or even a MotoGP event, and you'll be able to get down and get in the garages, talk to the drivers, talk to the teams, look at the cars. 
meet, you know, I've even seen them put people in cars on rally cars are a little tricky oh, yeah, to do saw that. that but today. Saw did it today. you really? Yeah, it was awesome, cool. Man. It was so. cool. Today was their, uh, their second cars and coffee on site. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the rally cross crowd was the centerpiece for the event today. Awesome. Well, all right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and take our first break. And remember, the rest of the show, we're going to talk a little MotoGP, a little 24 hours of Le Mans, and we got a couple F1 stories that we want to talk about. You're listening to Speed City, live from Austin, Texas, back after these messages. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. Feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it. We'll make you better. Ambia Gusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only Ambia Gusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutale Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by Ambia Gusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. Ducati Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere on the Radio.com app. Hi there, my name's Derek Bell. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, we're going to talk about the 24 hours of Alonzo. I mean, the 24 hours of Le Mans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, I love the fact that Fernando Alonso is racing and trying to, to achieve the Triple Crown, of which... It, it's historic. It is, it is. And, but man, is he a just uh, overload of Alonso in motorsport world, you know, with Indy and, and little trials and tribulations in Formula One. But it is a cool story because he did achieve the, the second part of his dream of winning the Triple Crown, which is, of course... Winning Monaco, winning the 24 hours of the mall, and winning the Indy 500, which who else? I can't, we should have looked this up, but I know Graham Hill's done it. And anybody else, I'm sure we'll, we'll get our, our intern to check that out for us. But, but it is a cool story. And I mean, the 24 hours of the mall is obviously this iconic race. And the, you could look at this as kind of the asterisk um, in that Toyota didn't have one of the other major manufacturers and, you know, Porsche and Audi have both left the sport, but I don't want to, I don't want to take away from that because anytime you can put a car on the racetrack and, and go for 24 hours and, and win, even though they didn't have the, the major dollar uh, competitors against them, it's still an achievement. And, 
And, you know, I, I, I don't know how much they would have, their racing would have actually changed had they been racing against Porsche Audi. Yes, I know, but... I mean, don't you agree? It's still a big deal, no matter oh, how you how it happened. Absolutely. I mean, it's still twenty four hours. Yes, it's totally different. It's you know, we haven't seen Alonzo in, in in a tin top, as Johnny calls it. You know, we haven't seen him in anything but open wheel in so long. It's uh, it's showing his flexibility and his command of the track, no matter what he's in. Uh, you want to bring him to Rally Cross, James? Oh, I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> along with along with many other Formula One drivers. Yeah, yeah. But it, but I think it's one of those things that's just respected across, and, and not to put words in your mouth, James. But do you guys, do you guys look at uh, Lamas in the same way we do, knowing what it is? Yeah, I, th- I think you look at Lamas and you look at, and, at Formula One as a, as those top, top, top levels of motorsport. No matter what discipline you're in, though, that that's the top one percent. You know. How about MotoGP? Say so, uh, that's just nutty. I, I I don't even. I mean, that just wow. I, it takes so much skill and so much. Uh, I, I cojones. I'm, yeah, go ahead yeah, and say that's it. what yeah. I. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I have so much respect for those guys. Uh, Lamar, you know, it was a great, uh, great twenty-four hour race. Everything was going great. Fernando Alonso knocked out a lot of time on his stints on other cars. Yeah, his lap times and during the night continued. To go on. I mean, think about that. He's stepping in to just like he did in at, at Indy. It really does show, and really, I think that's the story here: is that he steps into this car where these guys have been doing this forever. I mean, these are these are some of the world's most experienced race car drivers. A couple of running weeks ago. Lamont, and running them on, and and Alonso steps in and to a totally different car than Formula One. Yes, you could argue that obviously he's. He's racing every weekend and everything, but still to step into a different car, into a different series, different rules, different environments, all those things, and to set the fastest lap times. I mean, it's astounding. I mean, James, being a race car driver, we want to ask you, I mean, can you imagine stepping into another series and and being as fast as anybody else? It's it's a really big mental thing. And a, a really good example of that is Scott Speed, who races in, in Rallycross. I've raced against him quite a few times now. And I think what a lot of people don't realize is how high of a level uh, of a driver you have to be both mentally and physically at a Formula One level. And once you're at that level, Scott Speed was not the most successful Formula One driver. But still. But still. He was a Formula One driver. If if you're a Formula One driver, you are the cream of the crop. And and being able to switch between cars like that is is almost a must because these people rise through the ranks and they're going from car to car and they're getting every seat time they can get, every bit of seat time. Yeah, look at Alexander Rossi. Exactly. He stepped out of Formula One. I mean, we we, Alexander spent a lot of time on the show with us. We had him in studio one time. Oh, cool. And he was telling us about the training yeah. training that they do in Formula One and the regiments, the diets, the physical, yeah. and then the mental training. They had him doing all this weird concentration, multitasking. Juggling. Yeah. Crazy stuff about, like that. Yeah. yeah, It was really fascinating yeah. to hear the kind of yeah. training that he goes through. But but yeah, Alonzo, uh, I mean, it is a phenomenal story. But the other part of the story is, of course, Toyota winning, right? Let's think back a little bit. Obviously, the last lap disaster. Um, and they... Uh, had, you know, there was a reason that Kobayashi was in the car when they won because this is such a big deal. And Jonathan Green talks about this a lot of times on the show, uh, talking about how the Japanese culture of of regimen and, and excellence and all those things, that they haven't been able to win this. And, uh, and, and I think it's a huge deal for Toyota. I think it's a really big deal for them. 
Well, obviously, the uh, the rest of the racing was was great. Another big story was uh, Gustavo Menezes, the American, on the podium overall. You know, third on the third overall. And Jonathan and I spoke earlier today, and we were trying to think of has an American ever done this? And or excuse me, when's the last time an American? We know an American's done it before. But when's the last time an American's been on the podium overall at Le Mans? Because we know, like we were talking earlier, Patrick Dempsey. I don't know if I have it's the number yet, but Dempsey, I think Dempsey Price Cobb. Uh, but Davy Jones. There's a is, lot of names. Is that, is that the right? I think we may have narrowed it down to Davy Jones was the last wow. time an American was on the podium overall. So Gustavo Menezes. I mean, it's fun watching him because he's done. He did great the last couple of years, and obviously, you, you know, I, on the podium at Le Mans. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that. Sound sound like the plan, James? <laughs> I hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's everyone. I mean, being on the top level, any of those steps in one of those top level of, of a race series is, is any any young racer's dream. Yeah, and think well, about what we were just saying about uh, about Alonso. He's and Gustavo's racing against all these same guys. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It is it is such a, an accomplishment. You know, we've been watching it, and quite honestly, uh, Alonzo makes it look effortlessly as long as his motors last. And, you know, it it you just kind of miss, I, I think it's almost diluted because he makes it look so easy. And, uh, and it's yeah. not. <laughs> not even close, especially when you're talking about an endurance race, like yeah. the, the like 24 yeah. hours of Le Mans. I did read a story about how Alonzo was was fearing a repeat of the Indy 500 heartbreak at Le Mans. And you saw them. I mean, you could see it. We've seen this so many times at Le Mans when they've been up for 24 hours or, or, or a good bit of that anyway. But where they're watching the their their co-driver out there and just, you know, fingers crossed that that one of those last lap disasters yeah, or something. Yeah. I mean, as simple as a as a flat tire, you know. So but I know that he was watching and was saying that because he was uh, he was talking about comparing it to the Indy 500 and saying, "I please, please don't let that happen again. Well, he is going to go back to the 500, I, I, as I understand. Well, I think, actually, this would be a good time to play this clip because we have a clip that Mr. Jonathan Green was up in Indiana at Indianapolis, and he ran into the president of IMS, Indy Motor Doug Speedway, Bowles. Doug Bowles, and yes, you can hear it here first, an official invitation from Mr. Bowles. So let's hear that interview right now. Okay, Speed City fans, I have a story for you. I've got a bit of an exclusive here because I'm here with the president of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, Doug Bowles, and um, who's actually been racing today, but probably got up this morning with a smile on his face as he watched the Le Mans 24 hours and saw that Fernando Alonso got one step closer to the Triple Clown. Now all he has to do is come back to the iconic Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Indy 500 and then win that, and he's done it. But um, I'm sure you had a smile on your face this morning. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and the smile is because I know what it meant to him to win, but more importantly, because I know how much our fans embraced him when he ran the Indy 500 in 2017. It was great, great to have him here. Our fans are fired up about it, and we would love nothing more uh, than to have him come back. And then a little a little under 350 days, we'd love to have him uh, in the starting grid. So Formula One fans, McLaren fans, Indy fans, Lonzo fans, that's an, an official invite from the president. It is absolutely an official invite from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And all of us here at IndyCar, we'd love to have him come back. He's been talking a lot how much he enjoyed it uh, and obviously now Jensen's getting back and he did the, the Le Mans um, this weekend as well but um, yeah I think it goes both ways Alonso loved the month here and I know he wants to come back for sure there's a lot of rumors that McLaren might
come back with a full team. Is there any more to that story? You know, I think the IndyCar guys are really trying to figure that one out and see if they can make that make sense for the McLaren folks to come. We'd love to have them. It was fun to have them in livery uh, when they were here for the Indy 500, but to bring Alonso and McLaren to the Indianapolis 500 again next year, we'd love to see it. And, and he's been a, he was a fantastic participant. And like I said, our fans loved him so much. And that's the hardest thing is getting our, your fans to, our fans to embrace somebody. He did the whole thing and did it in a great way. And I sat in qualifying when he qualified. And other than Ed Carpenter and Tony Kanaan, there was nobody got, they got a bigger cheer than Fernando. So it was pretty cool to have him uh, thinking maybe he'll come back. Last time we had you on Speed City, it was the 100th celebration. And we were all wondering, well, how could you top that? What can you do? Uh, we just had the 102nd and we're still going strong. Um, looking forward to the 103rd. Anything planned? Anything special for that one? Well, we're just continuing to try and grow it. The fans of the Indy 500 are unbelievable. And this place continues to be successful as much about the fans as anything that we do here. Uh, the history and tradition of the Speedway. And we've had fun. Uh, our, I know our IndyCar fans and Indy 500 fans have had fun watching Fernando this year. They have now their new favorite F1 driver. So it's, it's, I think it's also been great for us to reconnect with the F1 fan base and have our fans uh, connect with F1 racing. So it's good for the whole a whole motorsport world uh, when we can all raise that tide. Well, there might be another story happening. I just saw the 111 go out there in the Formula Ford, driven by one Mr. Doug Bowles. Uh, are you making a late entry for next year, getting ready? You know, I think I'm going to skip the late entry. I, I'm a little old for that, and I'm not nearly as talented as those guys. It's amazing what uh, uh, F1 drivers and IndyCar drivers have in terms of talent. They certainly got a gift, and uh, I didn't get that gift, but I do have an awful lot of fun pounding around here on the road course at the Speedway. Well, Doug, thanks very much. We've got exactly a year almost uh, to get ready for it. I hope it comes true, and I know that Fernando, whether it be next year or the year after, will be back to try and attempt to win that famous race. Well, we look forward to having him, and uh, we look forward to celebrating along with him. Uh, his victory uh, his victory this morning, it's uh, pretty cool to see him get two of his three out of the way, and now he's got one more he's got to do. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah, no problem. I know that there's obviously an official invitation from every racetrack in the world to Fernando Alonso, but it's kind of cool. Isn't oh, it? yeah, yeah. And Doug's a great guy, and, and we had the opportunity to spend quite a bit of time with him on the 100th, as John alluded to, and uh, he's right. The environment at Indianapolis Motor Speedway is like no other environment I've been to for a race. You know, the big NASCAR races are, are great, but no. And pretty cool the way he didn't... Uh, that he was very friendly about Formula One. You get a lot of series get uh, get competitive with each other, and it was pretty cool that he was saying that. And that I, because that uh, I mean, look, we're all a big motorsport family, like he said. All right, we need to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little MotoGP, and we're going to have more with James Rimmer and talk some more about the Rallycross coming to here to Austin, Circuit of the Americas. You're listening to Speed City in Austin. Back after these messages. The Austin East KOA Campground, just 15 minutes from Circuit of the Americas and downtown Austin, and just two minutes from the Travis County Expo Center and Central Texas Fishing in Decker Lake, featuring amenities for every style of camping, from tent sites to luxury RV pull-throughs and cabins, plus a pool, showers, and laundry. Nestled in tall oak trees on the edge of the hill country, all the pleasures of the Lone Star State await you at Austin East KOA. To make your reservation, visit austineastkoa.com. Dirtfish Rally School is the nation's most prestigious driving school, offering seven days a week, year-round driver education from 15-year-olds with no driving experience to amateur racers and professional drivers. Our professional instructors never judge a student based on who they are, where they're from, or their driving background. We'll keep you and your family safe on the road, or better, at the racetrack. 
feel confident behind the wheel, no matter the situation, no matter what you've done, or where you've done it, or how well you've done it, we'll make you better. Talk 1370. This is Alex Gurney. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. We are in Speed City. We're in Austin, Texas. We've got a little rain today. It's unusual for us at this time of year because it's been miserably hot and we're sitting here looking out the window and we're joined in studio by James Rimmer, rallycross driver, and he was noticing it was a nice view. You can almost see Circuit of the Americas from the studio. Not quite, but James, you brought up something during the break. You were doing some research on Gustavo Menezes. I want to, before we go to MotoGP, I want to finish up a little Lamar. And uh, you said he's had a little time in a rally car. Yeah, we'll, we'll do this quickly, but uh, he, he's, he's done everything. And I, I was interested. I was just looking through his uh, race results, and he's done one race in a lights car, which is the car I drive in rallycross. Um, and that's really cool. You know, it shows that these road racers, these very traditional racers who come from a karting background, who come from a road racing background, are, are you know, are getting their feet wet in all these other types of, of racing. You know, to be honest, I think uh, a lot of folks in the U.S. don't realize how popular this is around the world and how it's utilized. And, and honestly, how, how grassroots it is. I mean, you know, we know about the Finns and their background in it. But uh, it's a phenomenal sport and, and has a long legacy outside of the U.S. So I'm, I'm, I feel like it's kind of treated like soccer was 20, 30 years ago. It's, it's really popular everywhere else, and now we've lit onto it and we like it, and we're going to do the same here. Yeah, I hope so. And you're, you're 100% right when you say that because you can go to some of the events in Europe, Sweden uh, in particular, Norway in particular. Those two events, you'll have 100,000 people over, over two wow. days at, come to a rallycross race. I mean, they, they wait all year for it. It's the biggest event of the year. And, and it hasn't gotten to that point here yet, but I, it, that's the hope, you know, at that sort of level of you know, excitement. Well, well, but if you look at the racing, though, the racing is so exciting. I mean, if we compared the last couple of Formula One races to a rally car race, I mean, the, it's it's really, it's like, you know, yeah. Les was just talking about shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's bumping, it's racing, but obviously there's there's the finesse part of it, too, mm-hmm. but... But it's uh, it's really exciting to watch, and anybody could watch that and go, "Wow, that is fun to watch." I mean, I think you do you don't have to be a motorsport fan. No, it's a different style of driving, and like we were talking about earlier, it, I think it's really great for some of these other drivers that came up in different disciplines to really learn uh, that sort of driving. It just gives you a whole different perspective. You know, I liken it to less. What we talk about, Colin Edwards boot camp, and oh, yeah. he goes, he teaches guys how to drive moto G, how to ride moto gp bikes on the dirt you know not actual moto gp bikes on the dirt but dirt bikes but all the same philosophies because the the limit of adhesion obviously is dramatically less but all the concepts are the same mm. and i think about rallycross in the dirt i mean all the same concepts that apply to balance of the car and all that all all apply it and and what's interesting about rallycross you got Asphalt and dirt. Yeah. So, <laughs> but you still like like you still have that hundred percent limit of of all three of your inputs, right? You can only do, you can only add up to a hundred percent of steering, throttle, and brake, right? It has to be a combination of those three. If you can't do a hundred percent of any of those three at the same time, and you learn that so much in circuit racing, when you bring it to dirt, it really comes out and it shines. That's why you see a lot of circuit racers be very good, like Scott Speed, Tanner Faust. They're really good on the dirt. Awesome. I think it actually starts on the dirt, to be honest. 
I, you know, when uh, we were doing different club sports and in particularly, you know, autocross, uh, we're sitting around one day after the event and all of the guys, those of us that were kind of in the, the faster pack all had dirt bike experience. And uh, I think the dirt is the mm -hmm. real contributor to that. Yeah, And sometimes you'll see guys come over from circuit racing and they'll struggle for a little bit. And it's because it's a totally different style of racing. But once you learn how to take those uh, skills that you have from the other type of racing and apply them to that different type of surface, it, it starts to come through. And that, that I've seen that happen in a lot of drivers. I struggle going from dirt to tarmac because I started in dirt. But, um, you know, to each their yeah. own. Yeah, I mean, it, it truly is. You know, they say it's the uh, door banging, airborne, dirt slinging excitement. Uh, that's that's pretty spot on. <laughs> that describes it pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> so the marketing guys actually talked to somebody when they when they wrote that. <laughs> they saw the racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's talk some MotoGP because Catalonia and Mister Consistent Jorge Lorenzo just was uh, the way the the headline was sublime, and I think that's a pretty good description. Uh, he had a great start. Uh, I thought Marquez was going to get him a little bit to the whole shot, but uh, he stuck with it, got it out there. And, uh, you know, it, uh, he just robotic, honestly, robotically smooth, consistent. His times were so spot on through the entire race. So consistent, almost identical. It's crazy. They were uh, varied less than, I believe, half a second the entire race, I think somebody said. And uh, really was fantastic. But, you know, it, it, the race was good. You know, I, I enjoyed seeing it. Sorry for Dovey taking a dive through the gravel again. You know, sorry for these things. But uh, honestly, the, the big story was Jorge Lorenzo out front on a Ducati that he's not going to be on next year. Yeah, that is a big story. You know, and, and there's a, a lot of noise being made. Did things, did he jump too soon? Did hmm. he... You know, can he back up on what he's saying? Let's read the fine, fine print again. Uh, because honestly, he's out there beating Marquez right now. Mm. On a Ducati. Yeah. On a Ducati, pretty consistently. Uh, it, it really is something to be said. And, uh, you know, he, he's beginning to get asked about it pretty regularly. And so uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. And he's, you watch him, if you get the opportunity, watch how he responds, not just the words, but watch how he responds. Yeah, and we've got a clip from Jorge Lorenzo after today's win at Catalonia. Let's hear Jorge Lorenzo. Uh, my, my, my goal and my first priority, as you know, as I always say, was, was to stay in Ducati and to finish what I, what I did. No? Uh, was just till, till the months uh, that I realized that maybe Ducati uh, wanted to to swap me or to change me or, or to plan to, to, to put another another rider and then we started to to plan another way into my future no but till till the months I I wanted to to win with Ducati uh, races if it's possible the championship I want a race uh, the championship is not impossible but uh, next year as you know I will be competing with another manufacturer James, I want to ask you. We got James Rimmer, Rallycross driver, in studio. I want to Dirt ask you. Dirtfish, no less. Dirtfish Rallycross. <laughs> I think that's the coolest name in Rallycross. I'm sorry. You guys like it? <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, it's very cool. But I want to ask you because obviously, when you're in racing, getting the bike and getting or or in the, getting the car set mm -hmm. up, there's so many parts to the equation. Yeah. And it changes track to track, right? Yeah. yeah, it does. And what they did for Jorge Lorenzo, the last piece of the puzzle, right before he started winning, was they changed the shape of the tank. 
Mm. In other words, because you know, you, I'm, the gas tank. There. No you know, way. Because in MotoGP, obviously, you're you're so much more active than yeah, you would yeah, be in a car absolutely. as far as you know. You're throwing your body all around. But they changed. That was the last little piece of the puzzle. Wow. And as soon as they did that, he's won the next two races. Yeah, you know, small changes like that seem so insignificant on the surface. But when you really look into them, I mean, we we do the same thing in cars, and you guys know it as well as anyone. You know, we'll go to a circuit like here at Coda. And we'll start testing and we'll go, all right, well, what's the car doing? All right, we'll make a big change. If it's too soft, it, we'll, we'll make it stiffer. And that solves a certain amount of problems. But then you go back and you say, okay, what's one degree of toe in the back left wheel going to do? And you say, I don't know. Let's try it out. And like, what is the car doing? Is it pushing on corner exit on, on when you get back on gas? Let's do it, dial in a little more toe. And those tiny little changes all add up to one big setup. And, and once you have that setup and you have it for a track, you have it in your back pocket, really. And you can make tweaks to that as well, but you can start to adapt your driving style to that setup of the track for that specific course. Confidence. Yeah, totally. That's what you're looking for. Well, let me ask further. You've been a competitor, so it's like it wasn't dirt yeah. fish. <laughs> Here you are racing for your team. Yeah. And you already knew you were going out the door at the end of the season. But mm -hmm. now you started winning for that same team that you're leaving, <laughs> and you've got a signature on a contract for another team next year. That's a tough situation to be in. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you hear how situation. awkward he is. Yeah, and he's, he feels he's in a he's in an awkward spot, right? Because they finally got something right, and and now you know he's already committed. But it's motorsport, and, and you know, to a certain extent, you, you got to take what you can get in motorsport, and. Uh, Motorsport, as you guys know, is 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 difficult to break into nowadays, and it's also difficult to advance. and And getting manufacturer rides is not not an easy thing to come by. I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, there there are two of the the biggest names in yeah. racing around that, Ducati and Honda, and here he is going back and forth. I am just ah, someone's it is difficult. Yeah, someone someone I'm sure in the background, a manager, an agent, someone someone's uh, shaking their head or. <laughs> or trying to figure out what's, what's going on. Yeah, they're well, like, where's the see. money coming? <laughs> there's, there's happy people and there's not so happy people. Because <laughs> what if you what if he wins the championship? What if he keeps us up and wins That's, the championship? That, that would be... That is not out of the question. Oh, no, not that at all. That is not out of the question. And that, that's why I put James on the spot yeah. here. I'm like... It, it, Think about winning the championship, James. Now you still want to go over to that other brand? It makes for a tense situation, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I, I, I've not been in that position yet. Uh, I mean, it, it, fortunately, <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty good position to be in when you have another offer on the table and you're in the position to potentially win a championship and you're winning races. But it, it does put you in a little bit of an awkward situation. You could hear it in his voice. You could hear he was sort of like, ah... Like, oh, and, and, uh, like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> check out MotoGP's YouTube channel on that, and or uh, actually on the website. And it is uh, visually, you can you <laughs> cringe with him. <laughs> well, the rest of the uh, the rest of the race, I mean, Valentino Rossi, we had Marquez come in second. And uh, Valentino Rossi, 38 years old, just continuing to be, I mean, what is he now? He's he's second in the championship right now. He could win another world championship. And and he's, I mean, we go on and every time, every week about MotoGP, about, I mean, about Valentino Rossi, but it, you can't help it because he's out there week after week with the young, the, the guys that are almost half his age. Yeah. It's just incredible. He's amazing. And and you know what's even more amazing about him? And I, I, I will admit, I, I don't follow MotoGP as much as I should, but 
he's been in he's been in rally cars. He's been in he's been on four wheels before, and he is incredibly incredibly fast. And it's just an attribute to to him. I mean, he is just. He's got that natural skill. He's got that natural talent. He can hop in something from two wheels to four wheels and instantly win. And that's not something that many people can do. Yeah. You know, it. I've just, you've just spurned and in, in initiated a thought. So, so the MotoGP guys coming to dirt, getting on four wheels, slinging around, you know, airborne, you know, what was it? Dirt slinging <laughs> yeah. excitement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking there's, there's one MotoGP guy here in town that uh, I think he just spends a lot of time fishing. <laughs> But I uh, wonder if Mr. Schwantz might go out and take a few laps with James. Oh, that's a that's a good idea. Think of that. That, that could be interesting. Well, he has, Kevin Schwantz. Yeah, that would be that would yeah, be fantastic. Yeah, let's see if we can get him to quit baiting the hook and come out and <laughs> get in some cars here. There's been a lot of people that come from Travis Pastrana. He started a motocross, oh, yeah, and he is that. a he is an you know he was one of my he coached me when I was really young, and and he's he's amazing. He's an amazing driver. He's a natural talent, not only on two wheels but four wheels. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. And everything in between. All right, before we leave two wheels, I want to play another clip here because we've got an American racing in the uh, in the World Championship here in Moto Two. We got Joe Roberts, and we've been I'm following still kind Joe. of mad at him for trying to kill me at the boot camp <laughs> at Collins Boot Camp. Yeah, um, but so he's done. He did good last last race out. He finished fourteenth. And remember that Moto Two is so competitive. It it may be. The most competitive, I mean, it's for sure in, in motorcycle racing, and it may be at the highest levels like this. It may be the comp- most competitive series because these guys, you know, they're they're all the lap times are so close, and the hardware and everything. It, it's it's conducive to be so so close. Uh, but he finished twenty second, and uh, which honestly, at this point, I'll take it because he's still learning and growing. But we have a we had a really good uh, interview we did with him. We put up on our SoundCloud account. But I got to play this clip because. Uh, he was talking about one of his uh, competitors getting a ride moving up to MotoGP. So let's hear from Joe Roberts. We're obviously interested to see when your transition will be, but uh, I'm sure you took note of Juan Mir uh, getting a factory ride uh, next year for Suzuki. Um, that's big news, and it just shows you how close you are, or at least how close Moto2 is to MotoGP, because they are looking very, very closely at your championship. Yeah, that freaking got a ride so soon. <laughs> No, no, he's my friend. It's cool. It's good for him. I'm, I'm happy he got the deal, and uh, that's really awesome for him. Um, but no, it's, it just shows. Yeah, Moto Two is right there. I mean, I think Hervé Poncherol even said something before in, in an interview that he's more interested in Moto Two riders than any other championship in the world because it's the most competitive championship you can be in, maybe even more than Moto GP. Yeah. Just if you look at how tight and close the field is. Um, so it's, and yeah, just from experience, I can tell you, it's not an easy freaking class. You think you're on it and you look at the timing sheets in your 20th or something. Um, so it's a lot of mental thought that goes into that championship and I'm glad he got that ride. Yeah, that's, that was Jonathan Green interviewing. What would his mother say? (laughs) Joe, Joe, Joe. Now they have a lot of fun. Jonathan uh, interviewed Joe Roberts. We got a, a nice long interview. Go to our website and speedcitybroadcast.com and and click on the SoundCloud link. It'll take you out to all our, our interviews because obviously we got all our radio shows here and then our Formula One pre and post race shows, but we put a lot of our content up on SoundCloud and we got the full interview with Joe. And we're, we're going to follow him very closely because when uh, when you get an American in the path to MotoGP, 
uh, where Americans used to dominate, we're going to follow very closely. I'll throw this out there. I see a lot of the same qualities in Joe Roberts, uh, the discipline, the training, the, the mentorships that he gains, as we did with Alexander Rossi about six years ago. Yeah, well, that's a high compliment because Rossi, man, he was a serious Intense. young man. Very. <laughs> All right, we're going to take another break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with James Rimmer, rally, uh, Dirtfish Rallycross Forever. And we're going to talk a little bit about what's going to happen at Coda and the cars and coffee that's been happening out there. You're listening to Speed City here in Austin. Back after these messages. The Augusta motorcycles are the epitome of Italian style, precisely crafted with a passion for two-wheel art on wheels. Ducati Austin are the only MB Augusta and Ducati factory authorized technicians in Austin, servicing all European brands. Check the Brutali Sport Naked, the most extreme essential naked bike ever. Or the Turismo Veloce 800, the first revolutionary tourer to be built by MB Augusta. Or if you want a pedigree steeped in racing, then look no further than the World Supersport winning triple F3, 675 and 800. Or go all out for the ultimate legendary F4 MV Augusta. Italian style with Texas soul. Trade-in, consignments welcome and financing available. To Caddy Austin and the home of MV Augusta at 818 Breaker Lane, just east of I-35. The racetrack, it's where legends are born where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Listen to Talk 1370 anytime, anywhere with the all-new Radio.com app. Check your phone's app store or visit Talk1370.com slash app. Hi, I'm Andrea Vistoso and this is Speed to the City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to Speed City. We are joined in studio by Dirtfish Rally Chorus driver James Rimmer. And during the break, we were talking about um, different drivers and different sports, and we talked about Alexander Rossi, but we were talking about Brendan Hartley earlier, and he's had, he's had a heck of a go of it lately with the crashes. I mean, that last crash apparently was high enough G-forces to send him to the hospital. You know, they measure the G-forces right, and all right. that. But he's had a rough go of it. I mean, with the all the crashes and now the rumors – you know, his his career, if you haven't followed it, he was in Formula One years ago. Right. And then got didn't make it and then went to the World Endurance Championship and flourished, won a world championship with Porsche. Oh yeah. And then got invited back. And he's and we got to know him really well. And he's yeah, a we've really, seen him come up through the Porsche ranks into the Lamar circles. Yeah. And he's a nice guy and a very genuine guy. Seems kind of intellectual. And uh but James, I want to get your take on from a driver's standpoint of of that path where he's going. He was in Formula One. He got yeah. basically booted out and went to WAC and did, and then back in Formula One. And now he's only, what, six, seven races in? And now they're already talking about kicking him out again. Yeah, it, it takes a mental toll on you. And and, and racing does as a, as a general sport. But, but 
when you look at something like that, when you've gotten to that highest level and you get kicked down a notch again because of performance specifically, and, and when you're at that level, when you're Formula One, they're just going to tell you. They're going to say, you're not good enough to be here right now. They're not going to mince words. And they probably did that. And he went back down. He proved to them. He said, hey, I can do this. But now he's here again and he's in this situation. And I, he actually put out a social media post on Facebook. It must have been maybe a week ago. And he basically said, hey, I know things haven't been going well, but I know I have the pace. We all know on the team that that we have what it takes and we're going to be back the rest of the season and we're going to show you guys what we can do. And it's so unfortunate. It's really unfortunate, especially when you see two young drivers like Lance Stroll and Brendan Hartley come together like in, in, in Montreal a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. that's hard to watch, right? Because these are two young drivers that are trying to make a name for themselves. Brendan Hartley already has. Lance Stroll is trying to make his name. And it's difficult and it takes, like I said, it takes a mental toll because you sit there and you think to yourself, what what can I do differently? I can have the best practice session. I can have the best qualifying session. Then you go out on the first corner and you get, you know, you get slammed into the side and it's, and what can you do about it? Yeah, he, he does seem like you can almost see that little bit of a mental toll with him. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible for that not to affect you to whatever degree, no. but, but you can kind of see it with Hartley. I don't know, uh, but... Anyway, I thought it's a fascinating insight yeah. that you have on that. But I want to ask you something else. We're, we're talking to James Rimmer because in uh, and not long at all, next month, mm -hmm. uh, on July 14th, there's a one-day event at COTA, the America's Rallycross, the Dirtfish America's Rallycross event. And James is going to be racing in that. And, of course, that's a, a little preview to what's going to happen in September, the American Rallycross coming. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I want to talk to you about the regimen. We were about your personal regimen. We got yeah. a driver in the studio. I want to pick his brain because <laughs> we've done this before, like yeah. we talked about with with Alexander Rossi. And but I, I just wonder how much at every level and every yeah. different series, what kind of training do you do you do? Yeah, so you have a baseline of of physical training that you just need to be in shape up to a certain extent to be able to be in the car for long extended periods of time. And that's a baseline. And that used to be sort of the top end of it is being decent physical shape. Now you now you get to the point where where you really need to be putting in the work on the mental side of it. I spend a lot of time working with um, a mental coach, life coach, whatever you want to call him. Um, but you know, they help a lot. They tell you, they're, they're really looking at the overall picture. I have my, my spotter I've had for years and he's in my ear and we have a routine from five minutes before the flag drops. We do something specific three minutes in minute, 30 seconds, same thing every single time. And I used to be so nervous going up to the line. I kid you not. I would, I would almost get out of the car. I was like, I can't do this. And by the end of last season, I would nap on pre-grid. I would, I would close my eyes and that was part of our routine. And he would say, close your eyes for two minutes and I'd fall asleep. That was how relaxed I ended up being. And, and that helps my driving immensely. That is fascinating. I yeah. love to hear that, that because <laughs> the mental side, it, I mean, you think about motorsports, it's gotta be because, yeah. I mean, I know there's the physical part of it too, yeah. especially in certain types of racing like yeah, you're in, totally. but it's not like you know, like like a a, a super physical sport like Agreed. football or whatever, where you can, you know, you're going to get in football. They talk about that first hit; they're relaxed because they're out there and just physically. But with you guys, it's so mental. Yeah, you know, it, and so that getting the mental yeah. part of it, kind of like golf, I guess. Yeah, the worst game, the most awful game on the planet. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the mental side that's fascinating. Can yeah. you talk a little bit more? We don't have a lot of yeah, time. But I want to yeah. hear about that. Um, the mental, the coaching yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I, so the coaching stuff I really only picked up recently. It was from one of my mentors, Patrick Sandell, who's a Swedish rally driver who I've gotten to know really well. And uh, he was in WRC and did a lot of things like that. And he hooked me up with his mental coach. And and 
And it's just a lot, it's a lot of talking through your, it sounds very corny and everything, but it's a lot of talking through your feelings before the race, understanding where those feelings are coming from, where the nervousness is coming from, where the agitation is coming from, what your worries are. Like if you're, if you're on the grid next to someone, you know, who's hit you the last two heats, how do you deal with that? And how do you, how do you sit there and say, how do I not shy away from contact in that first corner? How do I not give up an inch to this guy? And, and like I said, the, doing that routine every time before the race and having that person in your ear that really you trust, um, is, is a really, really huge part of that. You know, m maybe you should introduce Daniel Ricardo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe someone should introduce me to Daniel Ricardo. He's one of Daniel my heroes. Daniel Ricardo does not eat anybody to keep him relaxed. No. He's, he looks like the most relaxed race yeah. car driver on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. He looks like he's driving his sim in his living room. Yeah. Exactly. He does not need, I think he could probably give the classes easily. Uh, well, we, uh, we're almost out of time. So I, I want to run down the event. Obviously, the Dirtfish America's Rallycross out at, here at Circuit of the Americas on July 14th. Uh, you can purchase your tickets, of course, at circuitoftheamericas.com. And if you purchase tickets to the American, I mean, to the World Rallycross that's coming in September, you get to go to this one for free. And it's going to be an amazing event because, like we were saying earlier, you can get down, get close to the drivers, the cars, all the action, get down in the garages. Some people may have, they've only been to Coda events, but they never oh, yeah. got to see the just the garages, just the facility. Yeah. That's another reason to go to one of these kind yeah. of events. What a beautiful facility. Yeah. Um, we're blown so away lucky. that this happened. You guys are so lucky to have this here. I mean, yeah. I'm so jealous. Well, James <laughs> Rimmer, what did you think about today? Cars uh, and coffee? Cars and coffee was fantastic. Oh, that's I had a right. great time. 900 yeah. cars in one place. I've never seen a car show like that. Wow. That's that's right. Cars and coffee every you know every time now here at Coda. So, you all bet. right, James Rimmer with the Dirtfish Rally Car Team. We appreciate you coming in studio. A fascinating insight. You have an open invitation anytime on Speed <laughs> Thank City. You. That was really grand, fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. Check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. Check out our SoundCloud, all kinds of content every week. Check us out Facebook, Twitter, etc. We will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.